welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Today's and today I'm here with Julia. Hi Julia, how are you? Hi, I'm good, you? Yeah, I'm good, good. So what's your business called and what do you do? Uh, well, my business is called The Renovation Mentor and I am The Renovation Mentor. So I basically help uh, renovation newbies fall back in love with their home, stay on the budget and stay sane in the process. What got you into such a business? Well, I've spent the last 10 years working in construction around builders and sides and all sorts of things. And then last year, I ended my career in the company that I used to work in. And then I just kind of realized, shit, well, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I set up on my own. I created my own business. Then I met Rochelle that we both know as well. Uh, who helped me develop the whole concept of actually educating homeowners and and showing them how the construction and renovation could look like rather than does look like. So you know that I'm I'm going to be renovating my whole house. So if you were, if I was your client, take me through the steps of what you would do with me and for me. Well, uh, I just opened the door to my home renovation club so you're very welcome to join uh the there's there are two phases of of the club of the membership so the first one is the 12 week of the training uh where you get 10 modules over 12 weeks going from everything you need to know to to get to become a mini project manager for the purpose of your own home uh, we go through from dictionary, you know, where you learn the jar- jargon and all the terms relevant in the industry, going through preparing the budget, pro- programming and planning your time scale, how to fit it into your busy calendar as well, uh, how to choose the builder, how to find him, what are the things you need to monitor in the process, when do you need to make all the decisions, how does it all work? And if you change your mind, what then happens? And yeah, that's what we go through. And then 12 weeks later, you're very welcome, free to go, have have a start. Uh, Or, well, you can start in the process as well, but that might be a bit difficult. Uh, And yeah, then we continue as support. We, well, I'm hoping we're going to grow a little community of the members over time where we can all kind of enjoy and celebrate your wins see the photos of the fantastic homes that are going to be growing in there I love that it's like a a run-up to a Kirsty and Phil location 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 business which you know in our house I think it's pretty much all we watch something to do with houses because I'm obviously a commercial property surveyor and I negotiate leases for salons but my husband's also a property developer so like for us every everything's about property 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 all of our conversations and all of the things we love to watch together are about properties so is that the kind of thing that you find yourself doing in your spare time too um yeah well you know it's like they call us yeah it's a shoemaker that works barefoot so you know my husband funny enough he's a director in a joinery workshop so they do bespoke joinery kitchens wardrobes and all sorts of things so obviously my kitchen never got finished three years later. <laughs> Anything that I want, I have to wait the longest. So he always laughs that I'm the worst client he's ever had. Uh, but it's kind of like, 
Um, if you plan it, I used to have like super long, 20 pages long snag list of, of our home. And then if you plan things and future proof it for whatever you want to have, then it eventually happens. But if you kind of just keep it as a nice idea, and it's, it's just an idea somewhere on a Pinterest board, then it doesn't really happen. It gets forgotten about or missed. And then that's that's kind of how it works here at least <laughs> oh yeah absolutely we've lived it we lived in a building site the whole way through lockdown because we were supposed to be renovating the house just before we went into just after we went into lockdown so we just shelved it and thought we'll do it when when we can have lots of people in the house because we can't live here so we couldn't move in lockdown and all of that and now in during the lockdown because we were all here and the house was such a mess, we decided that we would just decorate the whole house so it was nicer to live in. So we did that ourselves, which is great. But now we have to renovate it. So we're like, oh, God, we're going to have to make those decisions soon. So what's your top tips for people having to make the decisions, especially about builders? That's the thing I find the hardest. So what would be your top three tips for people to find the right builder? Ah. Oh. Well, to find the right builder, it's not really that easy. But I'd say the, the first thing is, you know, make, make sure you don't just blindly follow the recommendation because I, I tend to feel, well, I find it quite a lot that people just kind of, you know, trust uh, Joe at the bar or, you know, Catherine to doors down the road who said this guy is brilliant, so he must be brilliant. But it doesn't always work like that. So I, I always tell to people, run your due, due, due diligence. <laughs> So check them out make sure they're right you know I used to go to a degree of checking somebody's criminal record just to be sure <laughs> but you know it's, it's it's well worth it um and then if you really want to get to know your builder then visit one of his ongoing sites because what happens is people go to these finished properties and see the final result if you see the final result, you don't really know what you're going to go through to get to that point. So I, I like to, well, when I used to work in high-end resi, we used to do exactly the same. Obviously, the high-end resi clients, they don't want to go to sites. Then They don't want to see the mess. They just want to, you know, they just want to come over with a suitcase. Here I am, you know, open the door for me. But we tend to, we, we always used to kind of, bring them into the life sites and show them the process and how it works and what they need to be prepared for. And I think that's one of the most important things to actually see. <laughs> I always find as well that it's so surprising the amount of decisions you need to make and how early you need to make them too. So how do you prepare people for that eventuality? Well, the thing, the first thing on my list that we do in module one is an audit. So you need to really kind of observe yourself and map out what it is you do, how you use things, what it is you like in your existing house, what it is you don't like in your existing house, because we tend to fall into these kind of traps where it's like, oh, you know, I just hate my kitchen. It's so rubbish why do you exactly hate it is it because the color is wrong because the pull handles are wrong because the layout's wrong because it's impractical what what like what's wrong with it and then when you actually go down into this reason then you can create it more of a in your taste otherwise it's just like you know it's just like redecorating it you know if that's just the aesthetic then fine let's just 
you know, let's just save some money and just change the change the look of it. But you don't have to necessarily change the whole the whole kitchen to achieve a new look, do you? Yeah, no, it's interesting if you don't go through the process of really understanding your client's specific needs, then you could they could end up with a completely unnecessary outcome. I, I resonate with that completely because I go through that process with all of my clients too and make sure I fully understand what it is they're looking for. That way there's no miscommunication at the end as to what the outcome is so yeah that's that's really interesting that you go through that process so up until you and Rochelle produced this new course what clients were you um helping before that uh well quite a mixture to be fair I used to well like I said I used to work in high-end resi so I used to work on on high you know value projects one million plus of the refurb you know i've done a couple of projects five millions plus so <laughs> this has always happened yeah it's real life <laughs> yeah so i've done a couple of projects five million value so you know these are these are the serious work and then when you realize you know people wanting to renovate their homes you know three bed semis or four bed semis you know four bedroom two bathroom or three bathroom houses they have you know 50 hardly ever 100,000 pounds they don't have the whole team behind them you know they hardly ever have a full time architect on board so it's almost like uh you, you want to give them the basics so that they can actually make make it viable for themselves and at the same time you know don't lose the the money that they need for all the other stuff but i, I used to work on the contractor side i used to work on the client side i'm still working with the architects trying to help them out and and supporting them on the contract administration side of things so yeah i'm this funny hybrid actually because I'm a, I'm a master's of interiors, architecture and design. And at the same time, I'm a master's in construction project management. <laughs> so I have a bit of a creative mind, but at the same time, it needs to be organized. It's good to have that side of your knowledge, though, because I worked for the landlord for 15 years, 10 years, and now I work for the tenant. So knowing, understanding both sides of the coin really helps me help my clients so that must be good for you too to have the practical level and the creative level too so you can manage expectations of what your clients can actually achieve yeah absolutely I mean I, I used to work for seven years on sites you know when my first job was actually being an assistant site manager it just named better at the time I thought it's a junior project manager role <laughs> But anyway, I've spent, you know, about 10 months on site with with the tradesmen, you know, helping them out and seeing how things are done, how it all works. You know, if you forget a cable, it's not that easy to actually pull it through afterwards. So, you know, I've, I've got that kind of hands on experience and now I'm trying to share it and, and populate it. Across. Yeah, I was part of the on I was the um, operations lead for building the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Welland Garden City and was on site there for God knows how long, a year or something. And that's really given me such a better insight into how important the contract side of everything is because I've got the practical level of it now too. So the day-to-day -day management of it was invaluable. So that must give you an extra 
edge as well like having been physically on site and understanding the pain points of like the electricians that don't pull through the right cables or or you know the plumbers who are held up by the electricians and you know every single stage and how they impact each other must give you that extra level of understanding all of the processes absolutely I mean I always laugh because we always talk with Rochelle about you know things go wrong and stuff like what are the horror stories that happen to you and there's so many of them I don't even want to like remember half of them but you know the funniest thing that happened to me ever was one of the five million projects that I mentioned uh you know I think the client was meant to move in on a Monday we were still like finishing up and doing the touch-ups on Thursday and a pipe burst on the second floor. Oh, wow. 500 litres of water cascading down the limestone staircase. <laughs> that must have been horror. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it was a long weekend, though. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. That's uh, not something that I'm willing to do anymore. So where can people find you if they're thinking of doing a renovation sometime soon? Uh, well, they can have a look on my website, therenovationmentor.co.uk. All of the links and social media links are all there. Uh, they can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much everywhere, either under Julia Stasek or The Renovation Mentor. And yeah. That's awesome. So I end all of the podcasts with the eight mile moment. I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and I do. I love his rap battles where he says all the worst things about him. He's skinny as white. His mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him. So, Julia, what's the worst things about you? I kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of this no bullshit attitude. I just <laughs> believe that, you know, the best, the worst truth is better than the the, the most beautiful lie. So if you come to me and say, I want to renovate my house, but I only want to spend 20 grand, can we do something dodgy? I'll tell you, you can try, but without me, I'm not there. No, I'm not part of that. (laughs) So, you know, I kind of, yeah, I kind of cut the conversations about things like that fairly quickly. And sometimes, you know, it's probably bad because it could develop to something better, but I just don't really like to wrap things around and just kind of, you know, have these sleazy conversations. It's like, it's A or B, you know, you decide here and now and see you later. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I just, as I said to somebody just before we came live, it's my, I'm too fucking old for this shit policy. <laughs> Well, I, I love that you mentioned uh, on, on the last party that you have no connection between your brain and your mouth. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. A small one, a very short one, but I still have it. Yeah, no, I don't at all. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Julia. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye, Julia. Bye. Bye.